podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the weekend of fantastic stuff I have in front of me. Kiva O'Neill, Damien Cavanagh and John Milburn. They will be talking about Bayern Munich away. Uh, to come, we've got Gemma Perfield from Liverpool Women. We've also got a chat about CopCon in Las Vegas with Amy Kate and Mark Kenny. And I had James Richardson on the phone, football royalty in one sense, broadcasting royalty. Nice to chat away to him about Totally Football, the Galazzo show, and they've got a live show coming up in Liverpool soon. That is all to come. We're also going to look at Fulham, but we are going to start with what was a fantastic win against Bayern Munich. Um, Damien, I'm going to you first because because you're the oldest one in the room uh, that happens every now and again it and it, mostly uh, and it is it's it's put it in that context of this is it, firstly it was a last 16 game that felt like a semi-final it did and secondly it is a historically good European victory for Liverpool it's worth remembering we talk European football happens every year but no club other than the Spanish Giants or Bayern Munich themselves are in it every single year in the knockout phases it's huge this for Liverpool it was a massive massive victory a massive performance it was in, in every way um, you know we, when the draw was made it was like, well, that's a boss one, that isn't it? You know, they, you play in the name, but they're still a boss side. Liverpool's performance in getting through in this tie with Virgil being missing in the first game, and um, Bayern, I thought at Anfield were, um, it was, I thought it was a masterclass of defence of how how you want to secure a nil nil away. They obviously fancied the chances on their own pitch with their own support, and um, Liverpool just dealt with it. Just absolutely like a, like a machine, you know. If you look at the um, the two performances recently, we've been worried about in the league. I know it's I'm diverting slightly, but at Old Trafford and Goodison, where we sort of went there and said, "Okay, this is going to be hostile. We'll control the first half and hopefully do them in the second. Liverpool improved on that and took it to Bayern and held Bayern at bay in the first half and smashed them in the second. And I mean, smashed them. It was absolutely fantastic and is up there with anything that Liverpool have done away in Europe. I mean. The reason it went like a semi-final, I think, because Bayern knew when the you know as soon as the draw was made, they couldn't really go toe to toe with us. They knew that they sort of had to save it up, really, and make yeah. it like a, a forty-five minute game, and then then go for it and hope things run their way. But I think we were tactically great. I thought the resolve of the players and the nerve of the players was great. And it goes back, you know, we think about more recent times with Rafa and his um, measured away experiences in Europe and how, and how we accomplished them. I think um, Jürgen came through that with flying colours after the difficult set of away fixtures this season in Europe. Kivari, in parts, you know, and that's what they did, they did it in parts, firstly getting through the early exchanges, grafting through those early exchanges, then beginning to be on top. And the goal was coming. I mean, it was probably the shortest it's been coming sort of goal. But when Manny does score and it's a wonderful goal, you're beginning to think, you know, we're on top here, we're in charge. And and that, that that's the case right up until they just sneak one back. But that Liverpool were on top in the, that game for almost all of it. I think I remember the commentator saying, well, Liverpool have got through the first 20 minutes and you felt like that was so key just to get through it. It felt like buying weren't doing a lot with the ball but they had a lot more of it than us and it was just it felt like we couldn't get things together and obviously with Henderson going off that was a big blow and it kind of felt like oh what's going to go on here we don't you couldn't really sometimes when a game kicks off in the first 10 minutes they can be a bit dicey like that but this you couldn't read it you didn't know where it was going to end up you had a positive feeling of course as a Liverpool fan and that goal was absolutely crucial because you just knew it's an away goal and it was fantastic as well. I thought the pass was magnificent and the turn, he just, he sent Neuer, didn't he? Yeah. And then obviously the own goal sort of brings it down a level again. And then you think, what are these players going to do in the second half? And then they come out and just played like the best football team in the world. That The Mane goal, John, means that it's twice in I think in four games where he's absolutely embarrassed a goalkeeper whilst not looking at him. <laughs> that's you know just think about that. how often I mean you know how often, how often does that happen 
full stop of the season. Yeah. I think the picture in his head, and this is the thing I think always gets missed by some people with Mane, is the sheer intelligence. He knows exactly where he is. He knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, it's on instinct, but it's on instinct because he's, he's riding off the pictures in his head of where everybody is so that even when he just does look up for a minute, he knows the perfect finish because everyone's probably where he would have guessed they were. He's so, so clever. Yeah, I, I think... Um Sadio Mane is one of these players where I think because he's always smiling, he always looks like he's having a really, really boss time. And the, there was a bit of a meme of him earlier in, I think it was last season or this season, where he's like mimicking everybody else's goal celebrations. There's almost like a risk of a, a bit of ridicule and a bit of a figure of fun, actually. He's one incredibly serious footballer. And mm. if you think about the things he's achieved already, um, double figures in each of in each of his seasons, he's, he's, he's up there he's, he's up there in terms of numbers, uh, in spite of, in some seasons, not having a, a, a complete season. He holds the Premier League record for the fastest hat-trick, but he beat Robbie Fowler by about four minutes. It's unbelievably serious footballer. And I think, be, as I say, because he, he comes across as a smiley, charismatic character, he, you can maybe uh, underestimate him. The things he did on that football pitch last night, and I've always been doing all season. You're right. You're right to to, to um, reference the back heel the other week as well. Michael Owen was talking about after the game. I don't know. Whether, I, I watched it in the house, and sometimes you get to listen to the commentary and get to hear the analysis. And Michael Owen's not my favourite uh, player in the world, but his analysis about forward play is, is worth a listen. And he talks about how this ball drops out of the sky and he basically sees it in the last two or three yards, still manages to, it drops over his shoulder, he manages to, ki- to kill it, to see the onrushing goalkeeper and know which way to turn and then the dink. Those two or three th- micro decisions that ha- must have happened all together in less than one and a half seconds and every one of them was executed to absolute perfection and he did it like it was the easiest thing in, in the absolute world. He's an incredible mm. footballer. I think it shows, Damien, if you're playing for Bayern or supporting Bayern at that point, there's possibly part of you going, none of our lads are doing that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that there was a bit of Liverpool <laughs> over the course of the 90 minutes. I think, the, you know, for me, I was surprised how tame Bayern were at 2-1, but it was a bit like the spirit was broken. Schooled, we're, basically. We're not as good as these. That's exactly where it is. I mean, I think people were surprised a little bit about well he plays at Anfield. I know it was a very, very defensive performance, but people get uh, carried away with, oh, it's not Bayern's best season, so therefore they must be shite now well they weren't do <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean they're really good they're and, a really good side and they've proved with the form recently that they're, you know, they're going well and also what happens with teams that are, are on the brink of it say, I think back to like you know Liverpool 1991 something like that the team's ageing and it's coming to the end it's still got a lot of expertise in there it's still got some good performances in there it just doesn't reach those heights all the time but I think that game the Bayern fans will look back and say yeah, this needs this now seriously needs breaking up and starting again with because they're not a bad side or anything like that. But Jürgen was um, euphoric, wasn't he? He wasn't gloating, he wasn't giving, he wasn't digging Bayern out or anything like that. He was just so pleased with how it was in, um, from a Liverpool perspective and how it had reaffirmed Liverpool's um, status among the European elite. You know, as a, a serious, you know, serial. I mean, Bayern a serial quarter, um, last fall, yeah, in in the big cup, in the you know the big the best cup in the world, in my opinion. And I think um, you're quite right. That goal, you, as you described it, fantastic. It was, it was, it was something that they, they can't reach. And it's somewhere they have been. But I think it's going to take them a little time to get back to that. I think it's going to be difficult for them. And it's, they only get in 
because we lapse, Kiva. Now, I, listen, that's all football in a sense, is that you take advantage when others slip a little bit, but it really is like it's a goal that's, that's of Liverpool's execution, and I don't mean Matip being the unfortunate one who ends up knocking it into the net. You know, it's, it's, it's Liverpool just laps for a minute. But then apart from that, one other ball flashed across the box. They barely lay a glove on us when you're in the cold light of day. Yeah, you're nervous when you're watching it and you're feeling a bit tense. You look back and you go, yeah, where was it coming from? And the answer was nowhere. I felt scared of the name Bayern Munich and you know that they've, you know, that this is probably the worst time to play them because they've come right into form. They beat Wolfsburg last weekend at mm. like 6-0 at the Allianz. So, you know, you're thinking this is a team who can't score goals here. I think it was only, they've only been beat once there or someone scored there once at like months and it's just like, just mad, isn't it? So, like, I feel... Like you were scared of the name, but then they just didn't show up or perform. They had two shots on target, I think, in the whole 180 minutes, which is just, it, it didn't feel like that as a fan watching minute to minute. It felt tense as it would, you know, you're watching your team five for a place in the quarterfinals, mm. which is where both teams want to be. But that's just, Lewandowski got eight goals in the Champions League this season. You're thinking, what's happening there? Like, why isn't he, he just didn't do anything. They were. They looked Kiva like they were so desperate not to be hurt by Liverpool that it meant that, that, that they weren't prepared to take the risks to, like for instance, get men around Lewandowski, all of that sort of stuff. Commit a little bit further up the pitch. They were trying to do that for maybe first fifteen minutes, and then they just go back to knowing they're going to have to work this hard as a defensive unit, as a practical unit to keep Liverpool at bay. That just keeping Liverpool away, that just not giving it away to them in daft areas, not letting them nick it back off you. We've got to work this hard just to do that. Let alone get near our star centre forward. Yeah, and then when we scored, they knew it got to like 60 minutes before Van Dijk scored. They did start to come forward a little bit. That opened up for us, which was great. And you always knew that was going to happen. If, yeah. if we scored, they'd open up, and they did. Luckily, we got two goals, which just killed it off. There's something fashionable about, for instance, Thiago. You know, he's a midfielder with a massive reputation, Damien. He really is, and rightly so, because he's been a, he, he is still, he's only 27. You know, he's a terrific player, plays, reads the game all the time, lovely passer of the ball. He's kicking it out to touch a couple of times. You know what yeah. I mean? This is a this is a, a, a sumptuous graduate of Barcelona, could mm -hmm. have been as good as Iniesta chat sort of player, and he's he's getting so lost in this game. He's he's just he's just volleying it into touch two or three occasions. He just yeah. gives it away cheaply, and that's that's what Liverpool did to Bayern Munich. He just made them ask ask them so many questions. Yeah. They just run out of answers. The difference in in our team from um, this time just as recently as this time last year, you know, we'd go to games and it'd be um, we'd just say, right, it's going to be chaos and we're just going to run all over you. And a player like Thiago could possibly unlock us at that point. But we're so controlled now. But um, um, defensively, and we're not giving anyone a chance. You know, but basically, you're just talking about how few shots Bayern have had. How many shots um, Liverpool restrict, you know, most of the of their opposition to. And so it just shows it, in my opinion, really, without losing intensity, without losing what's going on in midfield and without losing the pressing game. So it's it's really coming together. I just think it was such a, it was a very mature and controlled performance. And if you do that for long enough and you've got the fitness levels and the freshness levels that we've been able to maintain, the opposition starts making mistakes. It's... There's something, I mean, Wijnaldum, I think, is will be a name on some lips across the course of the summer, John, in terms of... Opposition uh, rivals across the continent may be talking about, you know, could you prize him from Liverpool? Look at what he's done. There's something so gloriously retro about James Milner when he's the smartest fella on the pitch, when he knows where all the space is, when he's he's outthought you four times before he's just gone past you or just ghosted past you or just nicked the ball. It's the pair of them go from me being mildly worried about them watching it 
and then 10 minutes later going, they're absolutely running the game. Yeah, I, th- I think James Milner in particular had the, pu- had the performance that I think we all wanted to see from him uh, at Gutherson, really, and, yeah. and, and uh, Old Trafford, where I think in both of those games, he was, he was below his incredibly high standards. And I think you saw his delivery for the goal, but not just that, just using brain combined with the 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 experience and the anticipation he never really considering he's one of the older Liverpool players on the pitch he never seems to be caught short he never seems to be um he's he never seems to be short of pace he just seems to be able to completely anticipate where he needs to be mm. get to that spot at the right moment I think I think Genie will will definitely be on people's shortlist for next season I think the, the great situation maybe two or three seasons ago we, we might have been worried about losing him as a key player but actually I think we've got a really convincing story to tell every one of our first team players mm. and the backup team that they can meet all of their ambitions in world football playing for this football yeah. club and, and, and that's no longer hyperbole fan hyperbole that's that, that's where we are right that, now that's what you see isn't it Damien at yeah. 2-1 they just pen them in and it's it's strange as I say you know for 2-1 for it's 2-1 for a while and if you, there should be a, a part of Bayern Munich this side of champions this side who've won all sorts these footballers themselves where they're thinking you know what if we can just get one Mm. It's all back on. And you never see that. They never get an opportunity to show that because they're too busy in their own final third trying to deal with these lads. Yeah, we just turn them around. Um, we play to our strengths and we were just we're just stronger than them. We've gone past them. We've gone past them last season as a European force. Do you not think that when we got to two and therefore effectively had a, a two-goal buffer rather than a yeah. one-goal buffer, mm. we played with real liberty and freedom that really made life incredibly different. And I just yeah, think spot on. I, I just think once we knew we had that slight cushion, we were really much more expressive than we'd been certainly in the first half. And it, it suffocated Bayern and Bayern were like, Christ, we're dealing with these fellas coming on us now. How do we get out? And even if we do, we're not going to score two. And I think their heads went 65, 70. Mm. I think they complete before the before the the, the the final goal came, I think they'd almost Give, not given up, but they 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 couldn't see a way. I think emotionally, they, they couldn't see a, a they couldn't see how this story ended, how the end of this film was going to work for them. And I think that really played into Liverpool. Yeah, I think, I, yeah sorry, keep it going. No, I was just going to say it. Bayern reminded me of Arsenal when they played Arsenal a few years ago. Remember, there's that famous video of Oxlade Chamberlain getting annoyed, getting right? annoyed, waving his hands. Bayern, Bayern last night played like Arsenal that night, and we were Bayern now. So it just sort of shows that sort of shift. And you know, like Jurgen said, we we are back among the European elite now after that performance. It just clinched it, and obviously we went to the final last season. But it means more to do it again and get into the last eight. I think. Just a question about uh, confidence, about where you're up to. Not arrogance. Not being, you know, not being stupid or anything like that. I said after the first game. I understood why Bayern did what they did and I could see them scoring in the home leg but I just couldn't see them scoring two and I knew we'd scored at least one and I think the Bayern team believed it and it was reflected in the whole build up and the, yeah. the loving they were having when they were coming to Liverpool and saying on everyone how privileged they were to come here and it was reflected in the way they played which was totally alien to them and they, you know, they, they did it they, they were very effective at it but it showed that level of respect and then you know, you look at um, Virgil's goal, 2-1. That might as well have been 10-1. It was like, um, there was, it was a parallel to um, Salah's goal at the Etihad last season. Yeah, as he thinks yeah. it, as it goes towards the goal, it's like, right, should we all go to the A-house? <laughs> and and, and, that, and that was the Man City players, you know what I mean? Never mind us. You know, there's something um, <clears throat> primal about 
a big six footer coming in and just smashing the head of that's unstoppable. You know, it's really a great thing to watch. You know, all the lovely football we like to see. Yeah. That type of goal that just broke their hearts. They already knew they were on the ropes. That killed them. Um, who do you want in the last days? Um, normally I'm old school, as you kindly mentioned, as, <laughs> as, as I always get. Normally I always go, whoever's the artist, let's have it. Because historically that's always worked for us. Who's the artist? Uh, us. <laughs> um, so Man City would be um, Juventus you could make a case for uh, I think Barca maybe slightly behind that Man U because of the historic rivalry there's all these things um, but personally I'm going to say something that I don't usually and I would if given the, just given the nature of the running and just to get us to the last four I'd say Porto or Ajax and I, I don't disrespect either of those they've played very well to get what they are this season they've improved from last season etc etc but I think we can do them and I think we can do them without it taking every sinew out of us yeah. and still leave something in the tank and then if we get in the last four I'll just take my chances on anything um, John um so, so my immediate reaction last night was, don't give me any English teams. Don't give me Juventus because of all of the sideshow that would be around Juventus. Don't give me uh, Barcelona for the similar r- reasons, really. And so it sounds like the shithouse thing to say, well, I, I act because I want to go to Amsterdam um, and to Porto because they're arguably the weakest team left in it because I agree with Damon. I think, I think they've done really, really well to get with the R. I don't think there'll be, there'll be a pushover. Um, but... I think we've got to now be of a mindset to say not one of those teams, every one of them saying, don't give us Liverpool. City don't want Liverpool. Barcelona don't want Liverpool. Every one of them, all the things that we're saying about them and stories, Juventus don't want Liverpool. They're not looking to have the the same sideshow that we're talking about. So Mm. I think think we should be really, really confident that there's no such thing as a terrible draw tomorrow. But I I would really, really like to see um, something that would make Man City my fear is Man City have been given a buy in virtually every round of every cup competition they've been in this season <laughs> and I'm, I'm convinced they're going to get Tranmere reserves in the cup in the draw tomorrow <laughs> absolutely convinced because but they need they need testing they need legging around some pitches for hopefully into extra time and penalties yeah somebody. I think that I, I wanted um, Man, I want Man City to get Spurs Spurs you know, on the leg yeah, but because just and I think there'd be injuries after that and I don't mean bad tackles I just mean the intensity of two Premier League teams playing each other you know, that would really yeah. up the ante, turn it into almost two FA Cup ties. And yeah, they'd have to put the heart and soul into that and play the first 11, etc. And there could be like hamstrings or tired legs, whatever. Like, you know, like the, yeah. we've certainly had to, had to cope with the same as anybody else. And it could just mean that they get past the next round and it means they lose a point somewhere else. And, and so I'm thinking of it very selfishly on, because the other side of it is, um, if there was if there are any Liverpool fans out there who have given it there, secretly I'll, um, I'll bite me lip here, but if we get knocked out, sound by us because that gives us the ace if anyone's been a shit out enough to be thinking on those terms just think about how euphoric you were last night and how great it's been to be walking around town today and how positive everyone feels and that momentum has taken us to you know different cups and different runs and whatever have you and it certainly will go with the players and there's not that long left imagine even if we go all the way to the final playing was like coming home oh, the way yeah. they came home last night or yeah. today imagine what those players would be like they'd be absolutely buzzing oh, they'd be yeah. flying to, into Fulham at the weekend on thinking yeah. that they're one of the best teams in the world because they are who do you want the easier options I think Ajax or Porto like anyone but again this team can beat anyone so give us whoever you want give us whoever you want indeed who do you want Neil um, I sort of I'm alright with us getting Spurs but I'd like City to get Spurs in that I think that Spurs would just wilt at the very sight of Liverpool in Europe I think it'd be hard for them and I think they just 
they'd find it. I think they'd find it at this season. I think they'd find it psychologically quite difficult. I think you can make the Porto and Ajax argument. I just don't want Juventus. Being dead honest, I just don't want Juventus. I don't know what happens if we get City. It feels like it's almost too big for football. If we get City <laughs> oh, over yeah, to the yeah, quarterfinals, yeah, you know, I'd be yeah. Me, I'd I can't be, do be that with that. It was just because because it was so intense last year. Yeah, you're thinking, you know, we've done that. Give us a break. Plus, yeah, plus everything else. Them for the yeah. League, so, I think yeah. it's almost like so. I don't want that's City. The, I don't want Juventus. One. I just don't want that. I don't want City. I don't want Juve. The, apart from that, I'm sort of like I'm. I'm sound with United to be honest with you. Yeah. That I think that United will be in a really weird way a, a laugh. You know what I mean? Like sort of the, the fact that they're in a bit of a weird place at the mm. minute, and and we sort of do one, and we did them in the Europa League a few seasons back. I think we do United over two legs, and I think it might even be. Yeah, I think it'd be enjoyable. I just think that for different reasons, Juve and City would just become emotional hothouses and I, I could, we could just do without it. Yeah, like, I think. But, but come the semi-finals, let's oh, have it. Come the semi-finals, then. Because, you know, we're yeah. really at yeah. the real very end of it. Yeah, there. And if you haven't got it. momentum, you haven't got momentum by then anyway. Yeah, I agree with all that. Uh, let's get over uh, other bits to come. Uh, we have loads and loads to come for the rest of the weekend before you, and then we're back here to chat about Fulham. It is our Football Flash Quiz. Uh, our Football Flash Quiz. Thank you very much to them. It's going to be the last week of our Football Flash Quiz. So if you've been trying to get on... Uh, may well come back at some point uh, i want to thank them for partnering with us for a period of time their football flash and if you haven't downloaded the app please do consider doing so uh, we like them a great deal steve was in the office this week had a lovely hour-long chat with them about all sorts of different subjects uh, so if you've got the opportunity uh, do download the football flash app it is indeed good or bubbler for that matter a new way to aggregate news uh, i am joined by ranjit singh pathjaya uh, to do this quiz uh, and i'm really pleased to have him on board uh, ranjit what a time to be a red how much did you enjoy buying munich now, oh, unbelievably, just what a fantastic night, a great night last night, with my uh, daughter staying up late, even though she's got primary school today, but kept her awake as a good luck charm and it worked. Uh, well, I think, but I think that this is, this, is, this is a brilliant example of fatherhood, you know what I mean? There's no, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's no, better, no better thing to stay up for than to watch the Mighty Reds conquer Europe. Exactly, exactly. So hopefully for the next few legs, I'll take we'll watch it together. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, all the way to the final. Uh, the pair of you there. Uh, brilliant stuff. Um, what? Well, uh, obviously, uh, this is to win a uh, a bit of Anfield Rap merchandise. And by the way, the Anfield Rap merchandise is flying at the minute. If you want to get on Shopify and have a little look, that'd be fantastic. Uh, but Ranjit can win if he gets eight of the following ten questions right. Are you confident? Yeah, ish. Confidence-ish, that'll do us. Uh, all right then, uh, let's go. First one: Which Liverpool player is going to miss the first leg of the quarter-final due to suspension? Andy Robbo. Andy Robbo, indeed, loved him, Malvin, uh, to himself is his, his chastisement there. Uh, how old uh, did he turn on Monday, Andy Robertson? Oh dear! I wouldn't have got this. Twenty-four. Ah, it's 25. Uh, 25. Uh, you, you nearly went five and then you changed your mind. I heard you do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's just a pure guess. Just a pure guess. Okay. Uh, how many goals has Virgil van Dijk scored this season for Liverpool All Comps? Three. It's not. It's four. He scored against Wolves. Um, so you, you're now on. You're now on. It's the way in which this goes now. You, the pressure's on. Uh, what Liverpool record did Sadio Mane set last night? The most number of away Champions League goals. Belter, uh, absolutely spot on. The most number of away Champions League goals is right. Uh, oh, good lord, my screen's just gone off. That's not good, is it? Uh, name either of Liverpool's two assistant managers. Pep's, Pep Linders. 
Pep Linders is the right answer. Uh, excellent stuff there. Uh, next one along. Uh, who? Uh, which West Ham midfielder has controversially been called up for England after declaring for them? Declan Rice. It is indeed Declan Rice. Uh, Declan Rice is the right answer there. Uh, next one is uh, who do Arsenal face in the Europa League this evening as the time of recording it's going out tomorrow morning so it'll be last night if you're listening to this who do Arsenal face in the Europa League Ren Ren is the right answer uh, Ren is correct next one is um, who scored twice for Barcelona last night against Leon? Uh, Messi. It is Lionel Messi. Uh, next one, uh, second to last one. So you are currently on uh, six out of eight. Uh, who have Real Madrid appointed as their new an- new manager? Uh, Zidane. It is Zidane. So the last one to see if you can get it right or not. Uh, who do Liverpool women uh, play in the FA Cup quarter final on Sunday? Uh, I've got no idea. No idea. Um, There's two or three quite dominant uh, women's sides. They're playing one of them. City. It is City. Yes, what a guess. Brilliant stuff <laughs> indeed, Ranjit. I love it. Uh, that's the sort of spirit that'll take us to a Champions League final and double uh, d- double victory. Brilliant stuff. You've won the T-shirt. Uh, do you know which one you want? Um, not yet. I'll have a quick look through later, Neil. Thank you. No problem at all. You go and have a little look at that. Uh, sort of speak to Lizzie to sort out all the uh, getting to you. Thank you very much indeed to Ranjit for taking the time. You for listening to this. Thanks to Football Flash for the partnership over the last period of time. And as I say, I hope we'll be partnering again with them in the future. I'm joined by Gemma Perfield to talk about Liverpool women and the the fact that you're in probably the toughest, hardest run of games uh, of your career. Uh, you're only 21, but you know last night four uh, 0 defeat to uh, Chelsea. Um, coming up, Manchester City, Arsenal, and then Manchester City again. Manchester is the first one in the FA Cup. I mean, the first thing I'd say is you know for you as a as a professional sports person, it's an opportunity to to learn a great deal, to test yourself, to find out where you are as a player. Yeah, definitely. I think um, you just got to embrace these games and, and enjoy the challenge. You don't you don't want easy games every week, otherwise you'll never learn and never develop as a player. And like you mentioned, only been twenty one years old. It's it's my learning time and time where I need to keep developing as a player. I haven't made it anywhere near where I want to be yet. So playing these big teams just helps um, helps me learn, helps me grow as a player, and, and progress to where I want to be. Last night in that 4-0 defeat, Frank Kirby uh, scored a hat-trick for, for Chelsea. Um, is there, again, you know, for you, uh, Fran, representing the country, you know, that's the journey you want to go on. So, you, you know, when you get to see someone at that level up close, I'm sure last night it didn't feel great when you were lying in bed, but there's a lot for you to think about, work on, talk to Vicky about in the next in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that I definitely like thought straight after the game. Um, I realised where I'm at and where I want to be and, it made me realise I've got a lot more work to do, which is which is great. It's exciting, and um, luckily I've got time on my side to do that. But yeah, watching Fran and, and some of the other players in that team, they're exceptional players and some of the best players in the country and in the world for a reason. And uh, I think they showed that, and it was a it was a nice wake up call for me and allowed me to realise what I need to do and what I need to work on. The the season's become one of that sort of developments. I think that the recent results have given Liverpool a certainty, or not quite a certainty. That should, we shouldn't say that, but a, a security in the league table. You know, it's it's going to end a mid-table season. Mm-hmm. But these games and, and and games like these, you know, this is a, a young squad of players. A squad of players being brought together for the first time this season. So there is there's lots of time for there to be this sort of transitional period with an eye on next year. 
Yeah, definitely. I think it is a transitional year and um, there's been a bit of change for the girls early on. And obviously I've only just come in um, this January transfer window, so I've not been there long either. Uh, so I think it's just about learning to play with each other, developing as much as possible as a, a team and a squad over these next few months and picking up as many wins as we can because obviously ultimately we want to be winning the league. So this year we've just got to gain momentum, get as many points as possible gain some confidence and get ready to go again next year. You say you've just joined, you came in uh, in January uh, from Arizona State University. I mean, first and foremost, what was what was that experience like? What, what age did you go out? Did you go out when you were 18 to, to Arizona State? Yeah, I was out there when I was 18. Um, so I was obviously uh, quite young to leave home, especially to go that far away from home. Um, and yeah, I was a bit apprehensive about all at the beginning, but ended up being one of the best experiences of my life and definitely don't regret going out there to do it. As a lifestyle, it's very different, um, but there was a lot of opportunities and they throw a lot of money at college sports out there. So uh, it was fantastic for me and my development. And at 18, I think it was exactly what I needed to come back and be ready to play in the WSL now. And was that always the plan? So did you go out there with one eye on doing a, you know, doing doing the course, doing, being out there for three years and then coming back? Or was that ever sort of ever in doubt? I'm just intrigued because it is it is it is such a such a sort of significant lifestyle choice yeah um i mean those times where i thought about maybe staying out there to play in the nwsl in america or um i don't know just i just knew that i wanted to play professional football wherever that may be and i think the more i started to look into it uh, especially as you know the three and a half years came to a close i decided that coming home was kind of where i wanted to be and that that would be the right next step for me so uh yeah in the in the latter part of my time in america i started speaking with English clubs and um, got a chance here thanks to Vicky and trained with the girls and when I got offered that contract I couldn't turn it down because it was obviously a great place to be. It was one that you, le you leapt at uh, as, and when it, as and when it came through. What have you found? Well, Is there anything that's sort of uh, not quite been as you would have expected? Is there anything that's been different or has it been very much what you what you thought you were getting when you, when you signed on? Um, yeah, I think it was more or less what I thought I was getting. Training's great uh, and the girls are fantastic. I always heard that there were a nice group of girls and a good team to come into and they've proved to be that as well. So it's been a really nice environment to join into and uh, everyone's been very welcoming and very helpful. Uh, as a player, you do you see yourself more, I know you play in wide areas, do you see yourself more as a fullback or as a, as a wide midfielder? Where are you happier? Um, I'm happy to play either, but I'm a very attacking-minded player regardless. So even if I'm at fullback, yeah. I like the games where I can attack more, which is obviously where it's, it's difficult in games that we're playing in right now because we don't have as much of the ball. Um, but I'm happy to play either, but I do like going forward, definitely. Um, when you talk about these games that you're playing right now, to pull it back to that, because one of the things we're talking about here is the, the game against Manchester City on Sunday. The... Is it difficult not to feel that pressure in terms of not having much of the ball that when it does come to you, you yourself, not just with your teammate, not even just with the crowd, but you yourself, you want to make something happen because you're left thinking, you know, I don't know when I'm getting this again. I don't, you know, we've got a scrap to win this back. Do you almost feel at times and trying to take that out and just relax a little bit? Is that the hardest challenge in these sorts of games? Yeah, definitely. Because like you say, you're not on the ball as much as maybe you'd like to be or you would be in other games against other opposition. So when you do get it, you just want to make the most of, of the ball. But at the same time, you want to retain it. You want to keep the ball and you don't want to put yourself right back under pressure. So I think there's an element of just needing to relax and, and pick a simple pass to the same coloured shirt. And that's what we've got to focus on. Uh it's away on Sunday. The fantastic facilities of Manchester City in the direct proximity of the Etihad Stadium. Um, and then you've got them away again two weeks later. Similar sort of setup. In between there, there's Prenton Park. There's Arsenal. Uh, we're very much going for the title still, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Yep, that'll be big. Um, the 
cup quarterfinals don't come around all the time. Uh, what preparation work are you, are you and, uh, and and your teammates doing in, 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 prior to this one? Big training session tomorrow, loads and loads of work, loads of planning. Yeah, obviously we've got um, yeah big day in training tomorrow. We're in today um, as a recovery day. We had to make sure that we're getting our bodies right and ready to go again on Sunday because it's a massive game. Um, yeah, lots of prep, lots of reflecting and, and just learning from our, you know, mistakes and seeing where we can improve ready to go again Sunday. Because like you say, cup final, cups, quarterfinals don't come around often. And is there a little thing here where you're, you're focused on, you will be doing the work about what, what to do without the ball. You expect to be without the ball, be a lot of work on shape, a lot of work on planning, a lot of work on contingencies. What happens if City put you in a bit of crisis and, and how to deal with that? Is there though still, you know, Vicky will be saying, this is how we score a goal. We've got to have a plan. We've got to have a plan how we're going to put the ball in the back of the net, how we're going to create chances. Yeah, definitely. We've always got to focus on scoring a goal because you can't win the game without scoring a goal. And especially in cup games, there is no draw at this point so we've got to go to win and so yeah we'll be looking at how we can how we can defend but we've also got to be focused on how we can attack how we can break them down and how we can come out with a result excellent stuff you're going to come out with a result yeah I love this sort of attitude fabulous <laughs> stuff let's get back over you get the Harry's brief and in the top left hand corner it says talent colon Russell Brand hyphen and field wrap excellent stuff really pleased to partner in with harry's and with russell for that matter we had him on a few a fair few years ago now nice fella really enjoyed his company uh, anyway uh, harry's are partnering with the anfield rap for this week uh, and as spoken about in the past i indeed neil atkinson here do shave with a harry's razor i'm quite happy to say that i do i also very much enjoy the uh the aloe vera based um shaving gel which i think is the absolute business uh far better than anything that you get on the high street although i'm not sure not sure if i'm allowed to say that sort of thing but it is so let's just i've said it you know we are where we are uh really really kind to my sensitive and i would say delicate at times uh skin you know i mean you have to see me uh, throughout the videos that we do around the anfield rap and you know I, I, it, trust me it could be a lot worse uh, it may not be a battle of laughs as it stands but it could be a hell of a lot worse uh, so that is what we do i do enjoy uh with the harry's experience right the way through there the shave gel is indeed the business uh, and it is a nice close shave um the story behind harry's which as we've talked about before is that it was uh, the idea that for decades one big razor company uh, relentlessly increased prices prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of their customers so jeff and andy were the two ordinary guys just two people you know taking it easy shooting the breeze and jeff and andy thought you know what yep let's sort this out so they stepped in with harry's to fix the shaving uh, they got their own factory and they do it all over the internet the blades are indeed half price you can get yours by going to harrys.com forward slash anfield right now that's for 395 uh, harrys.com forward slash anfield field right now uh, that is available um, we do talk about the harry stuff and we do talk about it because we do use it it's similar to a lot of the stuff that we do mention um, we do occasionally believe it or not turn things down as well we like harry's i like harry's uh, it is a good good product uh, and we wouldn't talk about it like this if we didn't mean it i can say that with sincerity so if you haven't taken up the harry's offer yet it's harry's.com forward slash anfield and you get uh, the razors uh, with the close comfortable shave the ergonomic handle uh, which is way uh, five pre precision engineered blades um, with the lubricating strip. Uh, you get the shower gel and the travel blade cover. Everything that you need there. You can get started shaving today uh, with Harry's by claiming your trial set for three ninety five. Uh, all of that is there. It's Harry's.com forward slash Anfield. We will move back on with the Anfield wrap this week. Uh, thank you very much to Harry's for partnering. Thank you very much to Audio Boom uh, for popping them over to us and uh, hooking us up with all of this sort of good stuff. Uh, take it easy. Enjoy the rest of the show. Joined now by Amy Kate and by Mark Kenny from Copcon. They're not the only ones in Copcon. We'll come up to that, come on to that in a second or two. 
But CopCon is a convention of Liverpool supporters being held in Las Vegas uh, the weekend of the Champions League final. Uh, we'll get on to all the details in a minute or two. But Mark, first and foremost, why? Um, we do get asked that. And the reply is, why not? Who doesn't want to go to Vegas? And um, have a big party. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there's uh, a couple of the best things in life. There's obviously LFC first and uh, and Las Vegas and the, and the sun. So we, why not? Uh, you've got the summer sun, you've got Las Vegas, Amy, and you've got, you're have got putting CopCon together for the first time at Convention of Liverpool Supporters in North America. Yeah, we've um, been working on it for a few months now, and um, we've got some great guests. Who have you got? We've got Terry Mack, David Johnson, and Howard Gale, and of course Mark Kenny doing the music. Uh, and whereabouts in Vegas is it? It's at the Westgate Hotel. Um, yep. Everything's going to be at the Westgate except for the pub night at the Las Vegas um, supporters group at McMillan's Pub and Grill. And it's very much all about the party, if I'm right about this. Let me, let's go through all of this. You've got, uh, you're pulling on a pool party on the Friday. You've got a, an event on the on the Friday night to be confirmed. Uh, and then on Saturday, there's the Champions League final um, of the dates of this. And you've got Terry McDermott. Uh, you've got Howard Gale. And uh, you've got, uh, who's the other one? I've lost them. I've lost the name. David, David Johnson. Johnson. David Johnson, of course, David Johnson. That's who the you've got. Yeah. That's who you've got signed up for it. So far, um, we might be adding a few more here. We'll, we'll see. We've got, we've got some time, so there might be some more. And is the do you think because you do a lot of work around all of this, Amy? Do you think there's 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 Liverpool continue to grow rapidly in North America? I thought that last summer. I thought like oh, I've not been for two years in terms of the the, the, the preseason stuff. It just seemed to me, you know, the, the the very selling out of Ann Arbor, the way American supporters. I th- so I, this sounds like a, it sounds like a dig at Manchester United, and it's not meant to be. Oh, it should be. It, it should Carry be, should it? Yeah. <laughs> it is that I thought that Liverpool supporters go into the game in Ann Arbor. There were large groups of Liverpool supporters, and Man United supporters tended to be in ones and twos. Now, I think we outnumbered them anyway, about 60 40 on the day. But what I struck was there was more sort of small groups of Man United supporters, whereas Liverpool supporters seem to be congregating en masse everywhere I looked. And is that something you see when you work with other supporters' clubs? Yeah, you know, I saw the same thing. Um, it it was it's interesting. I questioned was it because we were on the different side, but we walked around so everywhere. Did I. So did I. So we just thought, oh, we were on this side. They have theirs, and you're right, ones and twos, and and you know maybe groups of three or four, but we were everywhere, and there were more. I I don't know. I might say seventy thirty. Yeah, I know it could be seventy thirty. I, I might give us a little more, but um, that place was huge, and you heard Liverpool songs. Well, there's, 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 it was also, it, it's also about being social. And that's why you want to do CopCon. It's about bringing people together. That's the thing first and foremost. And right. that's what you saw there. Celebrate. I mean, the season we've had so far has been amazing. So um, why not? I mean, if we're going to do it, do it now when everything's really big. So this is an end of season party for, for American supporters. At, at, at the very least of this is an end of season party, a big pool party where everybody's just going to have a great time. And of course it could be a Champions League viewing party. It could be a Champions League for fan Absolutely. park. Absolutely. We, we've, we've, you know, planned it out that we'll have a viewing, but, um, you know, hopefully all goes well and we will be in the final and it's only going to get bigger from there. It's Camp Park. You're playing, uh, at yep. it, uh, which is exciting. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you're excited Massive about exciting, it. Yeah. You want to get it. I mean, when you talk about the numbers for it, it, 
you want it to be an explosion, really, don't you, Mark? You want the party vibe. That's what we're aiming for here. We want people just to come and have a fantastic time. Oh, definitely. And, you know, you, you've gone back, you're asking Amy then about the, the North American, the, the fan base, and, you know, it is absolutely, you know, I've, I've seen from looking at it after, over the last few months, and um, what I've realised is all the supporters groups, they all talk as well. They all know each other. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that you go back to um, the game against United. When all the Reds arrived, although they might have arrived separately, they all came together as one big group of supporters. Um, and that's what we're doing in Vegas as well. You know, the, the, the conversations we've had with all the supporters groups across North America, um, you know, they, they, they can't wait to all meet up. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a mini reunion now. I mean, it's not... With social media and everything, you're meeting people that you've connected with yeah. on social media, that you've met on tour, because you know 2012 was the first one, 2014, 2016, 2018. So we've had, some of us have been to one of, at least one of each game. I, I was at all three last, um, last time and meeting up with people, just seeing how big. We have 282 Liverpool, official Liverpool supporters clubs worldwide. There's uh, roughly 50 in North America. Yeah. I mean, and that's just official. Yeah, yeah. You know, not counting yeah, the Yeah, there's others. loads of unofficial. Vegas is, is unofficial now. Um, you know, and there's so many that we don't even know about. Um, that, but with CopCom, we're finding out Chattanooga, I didn't know. Fresno. I mean, they're, they're everywhere. I mean, they're popping up. I mean, there must be nearly 75 supporters groups in North America. So it is very much... Uh, it's Thursday night in the pub, Friday night at the pool, Friday night event, Saturday meet and greet, Champions League final, Legends night. It's a full hit and it's pretty reasonably priced. Absolutely. Um, you can get a um, discount code. We're giving 20% off. Um, the code is um, Anfield Wrap. Is it indeed? It is. It wow. is. So, Great guys. <laughs> so if you want to get 20% off, it's Anfield Wrap, and it gets you it for $96, the whole thing. Um, and the accommodation's really cheap. The accommodations, you can get Thursday, Friday, Saturday for under $200 for two people. It is. It's spectacularly, uh, spectacularly cheap by Vegas standards, and in general, uh, Vegas is a great place to go. Uh, you're playing. Um, what are you playing? Well, the hits. Songs, you're yeah. going to play the hits. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> All the hits. Uh, the hits to come, uh, the legends to come as well. I'll just go through them for you one more time. Uh, the legends that there are at this one. Terry McDermott uh, is there. Uh, David Johnson and Howard Gale all there. Mark Kenny playing. Soundtracking the whole thing Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Could be a Champions League final, a Champions League fan park. You want that, don't you? The we idea, do, we do. The idea of the place. Too. We all want it. I mean, who to, to be, hopefully, and knock on wood, we've won league. And then we're going into the Champions League. What a season. End of season party, Champions of, League fan park, you name it, you've got you've it. You've got it. And so if you can't be in Madrid, why not be in Vegas with us? Um, why not be in Vegas with you? And why not also be cutting loose, enjoying Las Vegas, enjoying CopCon, enjoying everything you can, uh, make a holiday out of it. It is on uh, the the 1st of June, obviously Saturday the 1st of June, but it's Friday the 31st, Thursday the 30th, and then through to Sunday the 2nd. Make a full time of it. It's copcon.org uh, and everything you need is there. Copcon.org. Get your tickets, get on board. Really pleased to be joined by James Richardson from Totally Football. And let's start with let's start with the good stuff, James. You're very much enjoying Galazzo. Oh, excellent. Oh, thank you very much. That's good. You do, uh, I am too. Yeah, you you do seem like you really are. It's been brought you've you've been pushing it and pushing it this year, and you just seem like you're having an absolute ball. 
Well, the thing is that um, I have a terrible memory. So it's uh, as much a journey of, of education for me as it is for anybody else, uh, picking some of these old topics and these kind of vague sensations that I have or James or Gabriele have about stuff that's happened in the last decade or two or even further sometimes. And then actually going back and looking at what really did happen, which often is far weirder than what I'd remember. You... On that show, you know, you've got fabulous company. You've just mentioned a couple of them there. You know, you have James, who's, who's the absolute business. It is one mm-hmm. where you're you're able to, to, to look back into the past, to keep up with the present, to enjoy Serie A, really, in a way which I think has, has sort of fallen out of the collective consciousness. Yeah, I think one of the strengths, certainly for um, a more kind of generally English audience or British audience about Serie A is that whole kind of historical context of it, whether the the great stuff from the 90s when it was such an outstanding league and uh, obviously it was more readily accessible through network TV to, to people than it is now. Or even further back when you had absolute legends going back to the likes of Purely or John Charles or, or whoever. So I, I think that that's a huge part of what gives City out its importance to people. So yeah, it's really worth going back and looking at it. I, the, the current stuff's great fun, but I, I mean, it, the, the nostalgia, which is probably an Italian word from the sound of it, uh, it is strong <laughs> with this one. Um, you yourself support Roma. Uh, bit of a contro- yeah. bit of a controversial slash disappointing slash upset in a couple of weeks. Well, yeah, I think the Champions League exit wasn't a huge surprise. I think Porto's late goal in Rome presaged that Roma were going to do a Roma last year. Probably uh, gave us the Champions League satisfactions we're going to have. It gave us a, a decade's worth of Champions <laughs> League satisfaction. So, so we'll, we'll take that one. In the meantime, uh, much as I admire Eusebio Di Francesco, I, I, it's tremendous news to see uh, Claudio Ranieri back uh, with the Gialarossi after it, it's been a difficult, difficult season. But brighter times, as the as the saying goes in Rome, Forza Lupi sono finiti tempi cupi. The dark times are ending. I think with with the news that, that it does look like the stadium's going to be built and hopefully there's going to be a slightly more coherent transfer policy, uh, the the future looks brighter. Um, just in general, I mean, I, I was we were I was lucky enough to go to Rome the back end of last year and it was the first time I'd been to the city, which was just, it was mind-boggling, to be quite honest with you. But the city itself, you know, it seems as though with the football club you mentioned in the move there, it's it's in a bit of a funny place, isn't it, with its football? I mean, I'm speaking very generally, but I sort of got the impression what you said there about the Champions League. That was the vibe. It really felt in Rome like it's either this year or it's not happening for us for a while again. And then the the the, the all the stuff around this sort of the questions on the ownership. It's it's got a little yeah. funny relationship at the minute between city and club. And maybe maybe this will will help 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 improve matters. Maybe so. I, th- I think uh, the Roma fans. Certainly, the time I've been following the club, are kind of used to being slightly in the doldrums. The, <laughs> the clubs in the north do better, or the clubs from some of the other big European leagues do better, and they have their own kind of. Yeah, as a city, it's an amazing city, as you saw. It's an incredible city in terms of lifestyle and and the, the weather, and just so many things about it. And above all, the architecture and just the whole look of the place. Yeah, but the um, but in many ways, it's quite a provincial city, and and the. The inhabitants of Roma are kind of happy to be first in the category of one. I mean, uh, I don't want to generalize too much here, but uh, I, I think they, they're kind of used to their football being... They have broad ambitions, but there's also a two-team league going on with Lazio, and, yeah. uh, and that's, a, that's a huge part of the Roman football scene. 
Um, moving to matters more close to home or very close to Liverpool, on the 25th of March, you're, you're coming to the Epstein Theatre for uh, for the Totally Football Show. Uh, you're bringing uh, Sasha, Sasha Gulianov, uh, Rory Smith and Duncan Alexander all joining you on Monday the 25th of March at the Epstein Theatre. Um, I mean, what can people expect from the Totally Football Show? It's a nice little panel, that. It is a nice panel, actually. Uh, they're all tremendously... Um Ooh, I don't, I'm trying to think of an adjective that would encompass all three. They're so different. Duncan is this extraordinary hybrid of English whimsy with cold, hard stat. Uh, Sasha is this amazing, supercharged, pan-national football-devouring monster who, uh, as you know, burns <laughs> strongly with the, with the Liverpool fire, but also will devour just anything yes. he can lay his hands on in terms of football. So his knowledge... Is, is, is amazing, but at the same time, he's such a down-to-earth guy as well. And he combines all of this with an actual day job, which is something that I find quite extraordinary. Unless that's a cover story, I don't know. Anyway, we'll, we'll hopefully ask him that at the Epstein Theatre. Uh, who else is with it? Oh, you're Rory Smith, out of the New York Times, which is terribly exotic. Uh, and Rory's got a very interesting take on pretty much any story, and there are so many right now in but, football, um, because I think given that he has this... This less regular column, I mean, less. he doesn't have to kind of churn the stories out daily, but he has the time with the, the New York Times to kind of take a slightly longer look and, and also take a step back uh, in his approach to some of the stories. I think he, he tends to have a very different viewpoint on a lot of the, the, the big things we'll be talking about. So it is, um, it is a great panel, and I will have the fortune of uh, sitting next to them and, and, and let them do all the talking. Let them do all the talking. You are, I think, I think you should bring a starter's pistol, as you will be, I think, hopefully, <laughs> firing the starter's pistol for the title race. Seven games to go. They should be by then. Liverpool should be top if they beat Fulham on Sunday. I suspect that will right. dominate a lot of the conversation uh, on, in the Epstein yeah. Yeah, Fulham and then Liverpool's Liverpool's run in. It's, uh, it's a good panel for that conversation. You know, Duncan's got the statistical background, as you say before. Uh, Sasha and, and Rory themselves will take some sort of left field positions and, and in interesting ones at that it's a title race that's maybe gone longer than a fair few people that would have expected so you must be looking forward to that bit with Liverpool absolutely uh, it's always nice uh, to be there but uh, particularly in this context talking about football because uh, I, I don't think I anticipated this being a, a genuine Liverpool title bid this season uh, for all that the signings were excellent uh, I really didn't think they were going to make up what 24 odd points on, on Man City uh, let's just hope it goes well with Fulham. Indeed, oh, you don't have to tell that. To, you don't have to say that to me. Trust me, uh, you don't have to say that to me. So the people should get down. It is at the Epstein. Uh, it is Monday, the twenty fifth of March. So it's a Monday evening. You might be a bit sluggish around that sort of thing. Some people, but Monday evenings, I find, can be the best evenings to go out. Uh, good boozers, ra- yeah, yeah, yeah. Good boozers around the Epstein as well for before and after, so people can get stuck into them. Not far away from a, an Anfield rap haunting motel. So get everyone down to the Epstein, twenty uh, fifth of March. If you fancy it, the Totally Football Show, it will be the absolute business. They will bring a starter's pistol. The Epstein will have to work out the uh, the stage the stage uh, staging of that, but I'm sure they will do on the night. Thank you very much, James. Let's get back over. Reds Bet are the Anfield Raps partners in 2019. Uh, to talk about what's on offer there at Reds Bet, you go to redsbet.com and you can have a look. There's some Liverpool specials, enhanced odds knocking around. They've got Cheltenham specials on there at the minute. 
you are going to gamble, please do so responsibly. Be gamble aware. Other thing uh, around this as well is if you do sign up to Reds Bet, do be really, really clear and nominate a Liverpool-related cause. 50% of your losses, uh, i.e. 50% of their profits, goes back into a supporter-related cause. Uh, and you can select from a wide variety of Liverpool supporter-related causes through there. Um, this week's interesting set of odds, really. There's there's one in particular that stands out to me. Uh, Sadio Mane to score first and Liverpool to win um, against Fulham is 23-4. to uh, Given Mane's current brilliance, the fact that he is scoring a lot of opening goals in the games, and the fact that you would expect us to get a result against Fulham, I think that's a really interesting uh, little bet if you fancy that one. Uh, that one is in there. Firmino to score and Liverpool to win is 33-20. to Um all mad fractional odds here. I'll try and work them all out as we go. Uh, you can as well if you want listeners. Play along uh, uh, with the complex complexities of the mathematics. Liverpool to win an over three and a half goals in the match versus Fulham is 37 to 20. That one is very interesting indeed given the number of goals that Fulham have conceded this season. Given the fact that they may well, they've got some attacking prowess themselves and their best way home may well be to make it quite an attacking game from all the Fulham supporters I've spoken to. Uh, so I like that one as well, 37-20 to 20 for that one. Liverpool to win and both teams to score is 37-20, to 20, same thing. But with uh, the ads, you don't have to worry about being over three and a half goals. Uh, but you do obviously need Fulham to stick the ball in the back of the net. Another one I like, also 37 to 20, it appears to be in vogue, is Liverpool to win both halves. That is 37 to 20 as well, Liverpool to win both halves. And the last little one I want to put you in the direction of is uh, a Liverpool-Man City Champions League final. A Liverpool-Man City Champions League final has been priced up by Reds Bet as 7 to 1. A 7 to 1 chance on that one, I mean, good Lord, imagine such a thing. A Liverpool-Man City Champions League final right now is 7 to 1 before the draw's made. That will obviously change after the draw's made. Not least if we get City uh, that... <clears throat> Excuse me, that would be in there. That's a seven to one uh, Liverpool versus Manchester City Champions League final. There, hey, thank you very much to Reds Bet partnering with us. I hope you've enjoyed the Cheltenham bits and pieces that we've done. Uh, we're going to be doing some work as well around entry and the way in which it impacts upon Liverpool's entire weekend. It's very much the Anfield wrap from the heart of the city in association with Reds Bet. Back with Kiva, Damien, and John to talk about Fulham away. Um, this would be a must-win, Damien. Any any season, if we were Arsenal, where they're playing, we're nineteenth, we're facing nineteenth in the league away from home. It is a must-win. That's the way football works. This is what you you know. If oh, you yeah. want to be a serious team, this is a t- it's the sort of game you what you've got to win. But it's a little bit odd in that they're on the third manager. They need to give the supporters something this season at some sort of stage. They sort of know they're down. I speak to Fulham supporters for some of our other shows, and they're all like, "We're down," you know. They're not arguing yeah. with it. I just worry, my mild concern in that you've got to worry about every game and respect every opponent is that at some sort of point they put a bit of a show on for their supporters and they might fancy Sunday yeah they might do I don't think they, I, well this is absolutely massive for us and we're going to have to keep saying this because now the title charge is in full swing yeah you know, there's no we're not waiting for anything here this is it now and if we go out there with our best and we have the application right and we're professional and I'm sure we will be and, and, and I think the players showed last night um, you know, in, in Munich, about you know how they dealt with the, an atmosphere and how, you know an intense situation. Liverpool should just go out there and steamroll them, and I think that's what's going to happen. And even if Fulham do want to um, put up a show, and I'm sure Scott Parker wants to put up a show and and, and whatever, yeah, I think confidence and resilience will be brittle down there yeah. at Craven Cottage, and I don't think it'll take much to knock the belief out of them. 
believed to have been strange for them all season. John, I think that the comparison I keep using is Huddersfield last season, they stay up. They've got a championship squad, but they stay up. They hang on for dear life and they do the business. This year, they've gone off a cliff. Cardiff this year, likely to be the third side that gets relegated, but might not do because they've shown enormous spirit togetherness, but they've got championship players. Fulham, to me, are the side in the bottom half of the table who really have been less than the sum of the parts. Yeah, you I, can really look at and go, you know what, you should have done a little bit better than this, you know, boys. Yeah, they, they, they spent reasonably good dough. They brought in some... So there's, there's players like Session, for example, who we were linked with for a while, who, who has... Uh, and I'd say... Uh, well, be, he's, he's not... I, I agree, I think he's a decent player, but I think they've got enough components in that squad to have done better than they have they, they've lost the last six on the bounce apparently and I was looking at the table before they've won four all season so mm-hmm. they, even if Liverpool are putting out a weakened side at the weekend you'd expect them to be much more than these this lot have got but I agree the new manager situation Scott Parker etc I think the um, when you look at their results and their recent results they're not getting tonked so there's a lot of two one defeats in, in in there. So I don't think this is going to be a game where I, I think instinctively, before I looked at the, the the looked at it in any detail, I was thinking good chance to get our goal difference up here and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's probably still true, but I don't think we should underestimate the idea that this could be a bit of a slog. Uh, these these aren't going to want to get humiliated, and uh, and we've just played a Champions League round of sixteen game last night. Few midfieldy issues for us to solve at the, the, the weekend <laughs> yeah, as well so yeah. I watched the game with Chelsea bits of that and obviously that was that's, 2-1 as well wasn't it yeah, yeah that's a derby so you know they upped the game a little first bit par- first game on the Parker yeah so that gave them a bit of something and I thought it was unfortunate really because Chelsea didn't play that well but they sort of just done what Chelsea that just before the derby was wasn't it yeah it was on the afternoon of the derby yeah yeah, yeah and they just sort of Chelsea got away with one I felt a yeah. little bit Um but it sort of reminds you of that did they get relegated that the last time we were going for the league and we yes. played down there it's when Gerard plays a, the unbelievable pass to Sturridge that curves around onto Sturridge's foot that Sturridge was an unbelievably oh, yeah. stressful game really <laughs> really was it was yeah it was a night game wasn't it yeah and um, you know these games can sort of provide them little speed bumps in the road can't they but I just don't think Fulham have got it in them and especially with being St Patrick's Day I think we should have to look at the Irish hopefully on our side and we'll just have a have a celebratory day. I, I can't believe we're claiming St. Patrick's Day, but sound I'll take anything to win this title. <laughs> yeah, I'm claiming it. Uh, Damien, there is... The funny thing about centre midfielders is you often feel like you'd have too many of them and then all of a sudden three things happen and you feel like you could do with some more. Yeah. Uh, Henderson uh, with a knock, he, he doesn't start for Fabinho for a reason, uh, whatever his reason was not to start for Fabinho. He'd say if, we, if we take him at face value, he says he's worried about freshness. Well, he hasn't had that much of a rest. Ten minutes doesn't count, I'm yeah. afraid. Um Kaiser didn't travel when Aldam has looked a little bit tired. Uh, Henderson presumably out. All of a sudden, you know, it, it is the strange thing. Three weeks ago, we're going, oh, who's he going to pick out of his many midfield options? Mm. Good, yeah, good point. Um, is Kaiser anywhere near? He just did, we all know he didn't travel at this stage. The thing, um, the encouraging thing was uh, Lalana last week. And Lalana was put in for the reason, the reason that you're talking about, about, you know, freshness and that. Because... You know, it was like, well, yeah, you go and give a shift against Burnley here. This is the sort of game you can do for us here. And that'll give us, you know, another midfielder a game off. And obviously, he'd looked at it and he's looked at it and he thought, well, Fabinho can be the one because I want to keep him fresh because he's so influential. No question about it in my mind. If they're all fit and they're all ready to go, Fabinho is essential in a, in whatever we're going to achieve going, you know, going forward for the rest of the season. But it could be a situation where he's either got to say, well, 
I'm going to make sure I've got two subs on the bench in midfield and I'm going to use two of them because the legs that I'm going to need is that. Or he just changes it slightly and he says, right, let's have, let's tell you what, Fulham, let's have it. Do you know what I mean? Let's have a 5-3 game or, you know, so it's a tough one, isn't it, to call because we just don't know who's fresh and who isn't. But you're quite right. The options are looking a little bit depleted. But as I was saying, you know, earlier, it's about, you know, the momentum and the way everyone's got up and it's amazing what things can do. And Liverpool haven't got another game for a little while after this. And it's like, right, let's just throw everything at this. And if you're absolutely fucking shattered after this, then sound. Just pull out your international squads, lads. Let's exactly, all that's, yeah. But I, I'm sure that get you all in a hut at Melwood. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, just quick, so you'd start. Would you start Lallana? I'd start Lallana. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, after what happened last week. Yeah, I think Lallana's almost first name on the team. She's ironically, it's, it's like bang. Yeah, because yeah. He's, 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 he's solves one break. of those problems in the middle, doesn't yeah. he? Straight off the mark. John, did you start Lallana? Yeah, I, th- I, I think I was. Uh, he, he was revelation last weekend, and, and I think I think he's more than ends his, his, his place back in the team, and if fitness is there. The one the one thing with with Lallana is you normally need to sub him, don't you? I can't remember the last time he did a full ninety. He came off it. It was on seventy minutes last weekend. Weekend he yeah. came off. I think there's always that thing with he, he is a sub in waiting. So, um, but I think hopefully we can get we can we can uh, get. Um, yeah, it's 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 it, 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 I think he might have to do something with the shape um, ne- next next weekend. Then maybe maybe only have one holder. Um, if Fabino's fit, maybe he, mm. he's the holder. I'm, I'm slightly bemused by the whole um, the idea. We've not seen Shakiri. We've not seen a great deal of Kaita. I'm worrying if there's more to that. If I'm dead honest, because is it fitness or is it? Is it attitude? Is it aptitude? Have they had a fallout? The idea we've not seen the sniff of them on the pitch mm. worries me a little bit. My Shakiri thing is, to be fair to him, is I think he's had one of the worst, one of the worst slash weirdest injuries you can have in football, which is a stomach muscle injury. Mm. In that, I don't, I think, I think football, I, I think there's something in there all the way through. Like whenever I've heard of stomach injuries, it's always took a bit longer for people to come back because you sort of don't know whether or not it's right until you play in your turn, and you know you imagine playing with a stomach muscle injury, and I just always think I think they're you know you're about abductor injuries and I just think they're the toughies where mm. you know you sort of you get the impression like footy sort of knows whether or not someone's knee's working yeah. but football mm. sort of struggles with where's he up to with a stomach muscle injury if mm. you know what I mean and I think he, I think that might have been a bit worse than, yeah. and it might have actually been there for two or three weeks before it was properly talked about and he started to not be on the bench he might have actually been carrying that for a while and not producing and training and someone finally says are you alright now this is just my nonsense hypothesis with no sports science behind it so by all means slaughter me mm. but I do think that those are weird little injuries sometimes yeah I hope so because, like as you say, if somebody's got a grade two hamstring strain, there's a there's a table that you can see how long the and there's a lot of case history with a, with something as vague as a, as, a, as a stomach abdominal injury. Maybe maybe that is the case. I don't know. I think I think as football fans, it's very hard occasionally not to just think the sky's about to fall in any minute, and you start to have these weird bloody um, conspiracy theories. And I think we've had two of our more attacking midfielders not hit the pitch for a long period of time when perhaps they could have they could have been needed I think it, it, I just I just worry that's the case and I think um, maybe we get to see them at the weekend I think he couldn't I don't think he was very happy with them after Man United either she no be. no, and, he, and there's not many that came out of that Man United game with much glory to much credit to be fair but uh, other one I wonder is it Kiva if you might do Origi to do some running for someone I'm not quite sure who maybe no one in the front three maybe you play the front three and Origi might do something quite attacking or that he comes in for one of them for a period of time does some run and some awkwardness I do think he'll air on what Damien's saying he is a conservative manager who's full of big bold ideas but week to week he's conservative and I think he will be saying to his front three one more big push lads one more big push and then it's a break until Tottenham yeah I don't think he'll 
change the front three, but I can see Rigi playing a part, maybe even half time if one of them's looking, you know, like and we're three 0 up or something like that. Obviously, sounds circum- wonderful. Circumstances would prevail for Rigi, I think. Um, I thought he looked good last night. I feel like his hold up play and his his stature is a lot different to the other three, isn't it? I feel like he looks bigger on the pitch and like more likely to score a header almost. Like a presence, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got a presence and I feel like his, his his footwork's really good. Like he'll keep the ball if we need it, where the others are more likely to want to touch and run and move. And I feel like he's more, you know, more stiff, but in like a really fluid way. Um, so I'd love to see him feature a little bit because he's, he's been that, he's just sort of been there, hasn't he? He's clawed his way back and just sort of, he's about the squad. And that front three, we've been blessed because, you know, they haven't, they haven't always been at the top levels of performance but they've been fifth for a lot of the season um, Prediction Damien? Oh Liverpool by a couple of goals easier Liverpool a couple of goals John? Yeah I think it provided that we um, that we've got a fit midfield I, I can't see I can't see Fulham troubling us defensively hmm. I'm not imagining we're going to go and score four or a big half full of goals I, I think it could be something like 2-0 and those goals being quite spaced out do you know what I mean we might get one in the first half and then maybe yeah, one yeah I'm, I'm having that then. yeah and, and talking about you know brittle confidence and whatever have you if the game can get Liverpool can get to 2-0 or something like that with um, 25 minutes to go I think Fulham will take it yeah that's really fair I think this, this has got shaking hands on 2-0 written all over it Kiva what do you think yeah I'll go with me a little 3-0 half time and then we just rest who we need put our foot on the on the brakes a little bit and just con- control see, see out the win Okay, excellent stuff. Three wins there for your weekend. Thank you very much indeed to Kiva, to Damien and to John. Uh, thanks to Gemma, uh, to Amy and to Mark and James. Uh, what a full what a full outing as it always is on your weekend of show. Whatever you're doing this weekend, relax, take it easy. Three FA Cup games on Saturday and then you can watch the best team in Europe beat Fulham Sunday. Sports Social Podcast Network.